What are we waiting for? High school football, varsity. We're playing with some jam in here. Let's go. Gets a block. Are you kidding? Deshaun Jackson still not in, and now in for the touchdown. No flags. Varsity Eagles go on the road this Sunday to face the electric Kyle Murray and the Cardinals. Embiid and Milton Flash in their preseason win versus the Boston Celtics. Championship weekend in college football this Saturday with big playoff implications. This is the Connor and Mark show. Alongside Mark Rogers, I'm Connor Gay. Mark, another episode. How you doing, man? Great, man. It's, uh, you know, it's like you said, huge weekend here. Action-packed for um, all sporting events. I love the um, the intro. Really, um Coming out, setting the stage for this roller coaster of the year with the Philadelphia Eagles, possibly playoff hopes one weekend and, and maybe another weekend. You're thinking about tanking for a draft pick, one of the most unique seasons um, aside from the pandemic. So I'm excited, man. Can't wait to jump into it and, and talk birds, preview a little college football weekend and, and talk about the huge games on the horizon for that. And of course, all your other, um, you know, Philadelphia news that we're going to get into as well. So. Yeah, there's a lot going on, and really with the Eagles, it's been uh, you know a snow-filled week. Hopefully everybody stayed safe. Storm that came through uh, yesterday, we're recording this on the 17th on Thursday in December, and uh, we got about, what, six, seven inches of snow. But really at the Eagles facility, they were uh, practicing inside the NovaCare complex, and as, as Jalen Hurts is ready to start his second game of his young career after defeating uh, the, number one, the former number one team in the NFC, the New Orleans Saints, at this point, Jalen Hurts, who uh, – is is really rejolted and 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 created a new energy within this locker room as the Eagles are going into Arizona to face a, a, a pretty a really good offensive team in in Arizona. They got a lot of weapons, so uh, this could set up to be a nice high scoring affair uh, compared to last weekend. Uh, if, if this Eagles offense shows up um, with this young quarterback, that's something we'll have to wait to see until Sunday. But really, it's exciting because it's crazy how one week changes the whole mindset of the season is. Let's say that hypothetically speaking, the Eagles go in and win this game on Sunday. They have a real shot at winning this division. That's obviously one of the worst divisions we've seen in the NFL for a long time, but they still have a shot to win it. Uh, you know, there's still, you know, a lot of, of hurdles and um, hoops they have to go through, but really it's, it's this team's going to go as far as uh, Jalen Hurts will take them. And, and listen, we were both impressed with the way that Jalen Hurts played against the New Orleans Saints, even though uh, there's still some holes, not holes per se, but still some things he has to clean up in his game to be the player that, he hopes to be, and I think Jalen would agree on that point as well. But when you look at the rest of this division, there's not there's no gimmies for the rest of the teams in the NFC East. We have uh, Dallas hosting the 49ers, who, uh, even though they, they don't have Jimmy Garoppolo playing quarterback, they still have a pretty good uh, team, and they are the defending NFC champions. Uh, Washington, it looks like they're going to be without Alex Smith, who hasn't been practicing all week, and Dwayne Haskins have been uh, getting first-team reps in practice. We'll be going – or they'll be hosting the 9-4 Seahawks, who um, you know came off a huge winning, obviously against the 0-13 Jets, and then the Giants on Sunday Night Football are going to be hosting the Cleveland Browns at nine and four, who came off a disappointing loss but exciting game against the Baltimore Ravens. So when you look at the landscape, the NFC East, there's some real opportunities for the Eagles to make a, a late push here that we've seen these past couple of seasons. Uh, you know, obviously last year with the four games, the four game winning streak going into the playoffs uh, with Carson Wentz, and the season before that when Nick Foles stepping in in 2018. So uh, I'll throw this question to you. There's a lot up in the air with. Uh, 
it's where the Eagles stand in their offense and a lot of injuries banging up on the defense side as well, and especially in the secondary. But what are your expectations going into this game Sunday and, and how confident are you and Jalen Hurts playing quarterback as of right now? I mean, from his performance last week, I, I, I'm really confident in how this team's going to, to play. Um, you know, I, I'm confident now he's going to play rather. The team, however, is, is where I'm a little shaky on. Um, you know, you see this team week to week with when obviously Wentz was the quarterback and they looked really inconsistent, either as a really slow start when they'd come back hard at the end or they come out rarely looking pretty well and, and, um, you know, trying to come back at the end, probably the only exception of of that would be the Giants game earlier in the season. But, um, point being here is they got to build off last week. They got to do a lot of what they did last week and that was getting the, the ball in Miles Sanders hands. Um, pretty rare. I'm, I'm pretty sure he had 14 carries, um, which was the most all year. Two touchdowns. One was a, a, a really good, um, you know, run from the from the backfield, and he broke loose, and I believe there's 82 yards. Um, but the point being here is, is take some of the pressure off Hurts. This is going to be his first road start. Um, obviously, his, his only other start came at Link, uh, Lincoln Financial Field. So I think the biggest thing is going to be getting the pressure off him a little bit. Put the ball in, in your most skilled positions, players' hands, and your most skilled player on offense, and that's going to be Miles Sanders. So that's going to be my first key definitely to this Eagles team of, of getting out and starting quickly on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and, and also to add to that, uh, you know, Hurts, let him run a little. Let him be himself. Let him play his game. I know, obviously, the, the play calling has been up in the air uh, recently, with the exception of last week, which was really well and seemed to cater to – uh, hurt his strengths, but you know, let him let him sink into this game and um, be the the player he is. And also making short yardage passes, just getting the ball quickly out of your hands and and moving the ball upfield. Um, and then shifting to the defensive side, it's going to be a bit of a shakeup. Um, I know Rodney McLeod is done for the season with the ACL injury, so that's a little worrisome. He's a bet on that um, defensive side of the ball and and definitely in that secondary. Um, so, you know, this is easier said than done, but you can't get burnt down the field by DeAndre Hopkins. And, and if they let them do that early to him, it's going to be a really long afternoon for this banged up secondary. Um, so that's definitely my key on that end. And also on the defensive end is, is try to contain Kyler Murray to the pocket. Um, you know, recently his, his rushing yards have really, really taken a deep dive from earlier in the season. Um, just in his last four games, he's had 47 15, 31, and 15 rushing yards. Um, so with those stats, it, it shows um, what's they lost three of those four games with those rushing stats. If you can keep him in the pocket and keep him not being mobile um, outside of the pocket, I think this Eagles team has a really good chance to go into Arizona and win this game. You alluded to DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, a big thing that's going to be uh, a big matchup against DeAndre Hopkins is whoever's going to be the number one corner for the Philadelphia Eagles. They're banked up right now, but the the practice injury report on Thursday came out. Darius Slay with the concussion was uh, limited with, uh, in his play for practice on Thursday. Fletcher Cox, Rudy Ford, and Josh Sweat were all full and did not practice as were Avante Maddox, uh, who's probably not going to play this weekend. He was going to be out for an extended period of time. Jack Driscoll, who's now done for the year, uh, suffering an MCL sprain, I believe, off the top of my head. Also, you alluded the pressure on your first point. Cardinals blitz 30.9% of the time. According to Elliot Shore Parks, was the fifth most in the NFL. Jalen Hurts was blitzed 13 times versus the Saints last week, and he was 7 to 10 with a touchdown and an NFL pass rating of 130, and he was not sacked once. So, statistically speaking, Jalen Hurts against the blitz, against pressure, was good. 
against the Saints. He's going to see a lot of it in Arizona. Um, I know defensively they're not really that great. That was the one thing, uh, you know, that coming into the season I was going to hold them back because offensively speaking, they are uh, one of the best firepower-wise. They got obviously Larry Fitzgerald has been doing it forever. Christian Kirk is a great deep threat. Isabella is a nice wide receiver. Obviously DeAndre Hopkins was a huge gift for them at the wide receiver position. Uh, Drake, um, you know, who's, who's a really good running back. Edmonds, who's a game-time decision on Sunday, is another good change of pace back, especially in the passing game. And obviously Kyle Murray – who is one of the most exciting um, quarterbacks in the NFL as of right now. And, you know, defensively, uh, you know, they've struggled a lot, but they do have some players on defense that can play. Patrick Peterson, Buda Baker in the secondary, they can both play. Son Reddick, who was looked at as a uh, as an early draft bust at a temple, has really come on. He had a huge game last week. I believe he had like five sacks against the, the New York Giants, and he was unbelievable. And, uh you know, he's uh, obviously a hometown guy playing against his hometown team growing up, uh, rooting against the Eagles or rooting for the Eagles. So that's going to be a huge game for him. And he's a big player. They got Isaiah Simmons from Clemson, who is um, he's really struggling to find a role with this defense, but still is a really talented player. So they got some guys on defense, even though they're not a great defensive team and they struggled a little bit. I still think that uh, one part where they've really struggled was against the run. So I think that Miles Sanders got to be a huge key piece for this Eagles offense. If they really want to go into Arizona and put up points, he's got to have a type of performance that he's had, um, you know, a uh, type of performance that he had against the saints and, and earlier in the season, like against Pittsburgh and stuff like that. So you have to get him the ball. He has big playability. Uh, like I've seen statistically speaking, he has, I think the most 70 yard, you know, touchdown runs in the NFL. So you have to get him the ball. You're a playmaker. You don't have a whole lot of them on the offense. So him and Jalen Hurst, this read option fake, it's it, not a lot of defenses have seen this. The only tape they could really go off of is, is that Saints game. So I still expect uh, a little bit of an adjustment for defenses against Jalen Hurts. But uh, like I said, the pressure, 38, 38%, uh, 38%, which is fifth most in the NFL, is high. So I expect them to, uh, you know, blitz a lot, which means that Doug has to draw up some quick passes, get the ball out of Jalen Hurts' uh, hand fast if they're not running it. And um, – and, and, and get, me you know, Jalen Rager involved, you know, that under mesh route, that work, that 40-yard pass down the field was, uh, you know, a huge play for them last week and, and stuff like that. So I think that, you know, I've been, you know, hammering the table for Travis Fulgham to get some more playing time. It looks like that's really just not going to happen. I don't know what happened in practice or this is just a more of a contract move by Howie to say that we went out on Jeffrey out there. So I don't know, but like I said, Miles Sanders have to be a key, uh, you know, key piece for this Eagles offense, Jalen Rager. And, and Dallas Goddard, too, is a big guy. He's hard to guard, and he's had some catches, you know, in the middle of the field working uh, the seams. So get him downfield as much as he can, too. So there's a lot of things with the Eagles offense. they got to get going uh, against this Arizona team. I feel like this could lead to a shootout. If that's the case, Joe and Hurts got to be on on the ball, ready to go. But I'm excited. I think there's a new uh, a new uh, born you know, excitement with this, with this team, with Jalen Hurts at the helm at quarterback, and I'm excited to see what he can do Sunday in the second test. Yeah, and, and to kind of build off, you know, some of the points that you made there, which, you know, you made a lot and, and a lot of good ones, um, you know, with Miles Sanders, I think he's going to be the central um, point of whether they win this game or if they lose this game. Um, and, and kind of going back to the amount of times he should be getting the ball, I think 20-plus carries is a, is a good number um, for him to get the ball. And I think with those 20-plus carries, that's going to dictate not only how this offense performs, but also – a huge key is, is time of possession. If you can keep that, as you alluded to also earlier, keep that really high-powered Arizona offense on the sidelines for more time than the defense is on the field, 
um, then obviously that's going to help your chances of winning. Um, and, and just also to build off the point of Jalen Reger, I think that's another really good thing that this Eagles team can use um, or a good player that this Eagles team can use to be successful this week. Again, uh, really unhurts is, is obviously still young and, and very inexperienced, only one, um, you know, test. And that test was a huge one in the Saints, which he rose to the occasion of and got the win. But give it to Reger. Give it to some of your playmakers. You know, give it um, to Goddard, short underneath. Let him make some um, yards after catch. And, and let some of these other big bodies, um, such as Earth, that we haven't really seen get involved lately, um, make, some, make some plays for you. So I really think the, the big thing of this game is, you know, quick um, running the ball and shutting down DeAndre Hopkins. That's got to be a point of emphasis um, here for this Eagles team to come out victorious. I do just want to mention one more thing. This line did open up uh, at six and a half for the Eagles, um, obviously getting the points on the road. It's now moved to six. Um, so that may be a bit of an indication of where some people may think um, this game's going. I know it's not a huge movement on the line, um, but the points that the Eagles got is, is a lot. Um, and for a team that's really been struggling as of late um, and, and, you know, the last thing with this Cardinals team, they're a very inconsistent team they've shown this year. Uh, they started out with two wins, then two losses, then three wins, then a loss, win, three losses, and a win. So, you know, there's not a lot of traction to this team this year. And, again, it's a really, really young team. Um, you know, obviously, Kyler Murray's second year in the league. Um, Chase Edmonds, pretty young still on that offensive side of the ball. Um, Isabella and Kirk, they're pretty new in the league. And, and obviously, as you alluded to, Isaiah Simmons, Hassan Reddick. So this team's still young, much like the Eagles, um, you know, in, in the quarterback position and experience-wise. But I think the Eagles have a really good shot at winning this. I don't think the spread really dictates or illustrates what this, you know, what this game's going to look like. Um, and I think the Eagles have a heck of a shot of winning this game and, and improving their playoff hopes. Um, you know, with some some of their NF, uh, NFC counterparts um, in the division going up some tough opponents this week. So I'm excited. Um, I'm going to wait on the prediction. I'm going to let you go first because I'm a little um, hazy on, on who I think is going to win this. Um, but I think it's going to be really close. And I do think um, Connor Day is going to be high scoring. So I'm going to throw it back to you. I want to see uh, what your prediction is before we move on to the segments here. And then I'll give mine. Mark, uh, you're usually the irrational Eagle fan. I'm not trying to get on you, but I know you're you're fan. Um, yeah, no, I am. Yeah, uh, but oh, uh, yeah, but really, it's it's um, you know, if, when I look at this team right now and where they stand, I'm I'm just feel I I think I'm I'm optimistic about Jalen Hurts, not just as a player, but as the leader and the personality in that locker room. As right now, as it just really like when you see him in interviews and and, uh, you know, talk about his mindset going into weeks. It's, it's really uh, great to see. Um, I, I, listen, it's, this is a tough test, but they, if they can get through Arizona, my expectation of this team is to make the playoffs because these last two teams, obviously Dallas, uh, I don't want to get too far ahead, but Dallas is not a great football team in Washington. As of right now, even though they're number one in the division, they're not a good football team either. So uh, if they can get through New Orleans like they did and they get through Arizona, I have optimism that this team's going to make the playoffs. So as it stands right now, and I think a lot of his hinges on if Darius Slay plays, because that's a huge piece in that secondary, especially that's banged up already, going up against, one, I think, one of the best wide receiver cores in the NFL. 
Uh, if Slay plays, I'm, I'm going to go Eagles. And, and I think that this Jalen Hurts wave is going to keep continuing. And really, we're entering into unprecedented times with this Eagles organization, whether with that contract, that money side into Carson Wentz. And if Jalen Hurts somehow leads this, this team, this dumpster fire team, into the playoffs, even though this is a really bad division, it says a lot about the, not only the player, but the, the person, the caliber, that he's able to elevate these guys in the locker room. So I'm going to go Eagles. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game as well. I think this is going to be a shootout. I think Jalen Hurts is going to put up some numbers uh, compared, obviously, to last week, which was still in moderation a pretty good performance. But I think he's going to put up really good numbers this week. Uh, so I'm going, to go, I'm going to go Eagles win 31-28. to 28. I like that. I like that. And I was bouncing back and forth on this game a lot. I, I also did see Trey Kirkpatrick, uh, Kirk um, who normally uh, lines up on the opposite side of Patrick Peterson. He's not going to be playing this week. Um, and, you know, I think obviously the sleigh is, you know, sleigh playing or not is a huge factor in this Eagles outcome. But, um, you know, I, I think from what we saw last week, I, I feel like I'm a huge Wentz guy. And, and I feel like it's almost, you know, it seems like it's switching over to Hurts. And it seems like Hurts, this team may react a little better. I know it's only been one week. Um, but I'm, I'm also going to go Eagles this week and agree with you. Um, I'm going to go Eagles 34-31. All right. Well, listen, Mark, we're going to transition to the Sixers talk, and we're going to talk about the preseason. But, Mark, we got breaking news right now. And it's not huge oh, breaking boy. news because it's not official, but this is from Sam, uh, Shams Carcini, who I believe writes for uh, The Athletic. The Philadelphia 76ers have made Ben Sims available in packages for Houston Rockets' James Harden. So, Ben Simmons, I, I knew that Daryl Morey has come out and he's publicly said that Ben is a huge part in the future of this organization with the Philadelphia 76ers right now. But I, I know that James Harden and, and Daryl Morey go back a while. Daryl Morey has brought James Harden to Houston, uh, you know, a couple years ago and, and seen James Harden uh, flourish as a um, – as, yeah, as a, uh, you know, as a great MVP-type level player and one of the best scores I think we've seen in our generation. But this is breaking, and this is uh, obviously, you know, I saw this come across my feed when I was giving my prediction for the Eagles. I was a little thrown off. But, uh, Mark, I'll throw a deal on this Ben Simmons front. I, he, we saw him play in a preseason game, and we know – I think we know what Ben is right now. He's, he's still developed to be a better player, but really we know what James Harden is. He's the best scorer, I think, in basketball, and he's dominant on the end – or on the perimeter and – would be a huge addition for this Philadelphia 76ers team and really going forward with this franchise. So what, what do you think, where do you think the Sixers go here and would, how upset would you be? Or what would your instant reaction be if, if the 76ers acquired James Harden and sent out Ben Simmons? I mean, it, it's, it's a mixed emotion here. Um, you know, I think, I think I'm wavering more towards the happiness side uh, rather than the upset side. Um, but I will start on, on maybe why people may be a little upset or unhappy with the trade. Um, obviously, the age difference and the possibility of potential um, is one of the biggest things here. Um, you know, you have James Harden at, at 31 and possible reports of, you know, of him out partying and, and doing some other stuff that, you know, isn't too, um, you know, hasn't made too many people that, that may want to invest in James Harden or too many GMs um, too happy about it. Um, but, but that's kind of besides the point. But, you know, here with, with Harden, he's 31. You got Ben Simmons, who's 24. So my biggest thing is where is, you know, 
at what point is Ben Simmons going to eclipse James Harden? Is he ever going to eclipse James Harden? And and if he goes to Houston, is he going to, um, you know, I don't want to say revamp his career because he hasn't been bad um, by any means, but obviously we know what the main issue here with Ben Simmons is. And, and it's been a reoccurring issue um, for multiple years. And, and that's the shooting. And is, is the shooting going to be rectified if he goes to Houston? And if it does get rectified, will this be a, a pretty, um, you know, bad return in the long term? So, you know, short and sweet here, I honestly would like to see it happen. I think this team needs a bit of a shakeup. I know they made a lot of moves, um, you know, in the offseason, and, and you can obviously call them minor moves in comparison to what this move would be. I mean, this would be a blockbuster trade and, and probably one of the most talked about trades for, for this decade. Um, but, you know, I would like to say it. I think obviously Harden has proven himself that he's just a top five player and scorer in this league. Um, so I think it would be good for the Sixers team. Obviously, you would have to give up a Ben Simmons because he's a ball-dominant um, player, and you can't have two ball-dominant guys, as, as we've seen in the past. doesn't really work out. So um, I would like to see this go through um, if it's serious. Uh, if it doesn't, I'm not going to be that disappointed, but if it does, um, I think it will definitely help this Sixers team's um, you know, championship aspirations and, and really bring them um, to fuller uh, fruition if they can find a shooter um, you know, in the caliber of James Harden. But to throw it back to you, what do you make of this? Where do you see the potential of, of return? And um, how would you react to if James Harden got traded for Ben Simmons and obviously some other pieces, but the main piece being Simmons yeah. and Harden? Yeah, it's hard. I, I think Ben, listen, he's significantly younger, which obviously is the, I think, the biggest, um, you know, deficiency part of this because Harden, I think, believes 30, 31, right around there. So I still, yeah. he's right in his prime, though. And he's a great player. He's, he's the best scorer I think we've seen since Kobe Bryant. He's just unbelievable. He can score any, any uh, you know, point in the floor. Uh, a great shooter can get to the basket, uh, can, you know, get uh, you know, get fouls very easily. Listen, I've seen some rumors that there have to be multiple first-round picks involved with the trade along with Ben for Harden. I don't know if I'd do that. But if it's, let's say, one first-round pick, which would probably be a back-end first-round pick, and Ben Simmons for James Harden. If you ask me if I want to do that, I'd probably say yes. I think I would do that. Because that combo with James Harden and, um, you know, James Harden and Embiid is just one of the best I think we've seen for a while. And I think if this team really wants to win a championship, which I know Darren Morey is coming in here, that's his number one goal is to win a championship. And bringing in a guy like James Harden that's surrounding him with guys like Curry, Green, uh, Tobias Harris, and those are, those are a lot of scores and a lot of guys that play defense, too. So, um, even though James Harden's not really a great defender, I think he's gotten better over the years because he used to be pretty bad. But James Harden, listen, he's one of the best scorers I've seen in a while. That'd be a huge addition for this team. And I think that'll put them really on the forefront of the number one team, probably ranked to start the season to win the Easter Conference because we don't know what we have in Brooklyn, even though uh, KD and, and Kyrie are two great players. Um but, you know, it, this is actually a report just came down. Wojnarowski said Philly's willing to trade Ben Simmons in a hardened train talks, but teams are, quote, nowhere close to a deal. So, really, as of right now, um, they're no one really close or nowhere really close. I, knew, I did see that the Houston's picking up steam, and it looks like that the trade's coming sooner rather than later. So, we're going to keep an eye on this um, as we're doing the podcast, as if it drops, we'll let you know. But, really, it's just I, I think I'm in favor of it. I like Ben a lot. He, he's a great defender. 
He can rebound. He can run the four. He can pass well. He can get to the basket and score. But the problem is the shooting. And it's it's not that he can't, you know, shoot four or five threes a night. The problem is he can't shoot anything outside the paint. And getting to the basket, even though he's not horrible, it's not it's not Giannis' good level. So the problem is, is now, offensively speaking, he gets lost in the offense, uh, especially in a half-court setting. Uh, your half-court offense will be so much more better, with, obviously, with James Harden than it would, it would be at Ben Simmons, especially in late-game situations as well. Uh, your shooting, it, really everything would be so much better. And I think that it'd be hard to let Ben go because of the, the potential that he brings uh, going forward. But if you're trying to win a championship now, in this window, especially with Embiid, even though he's not that old, his injury history is questionable. So you don't you don't know how long you're going to get Embiid, uh, you know, unless you have him for you know only two more years or a longer stretch. You just don't know. So maximizing your opportunity of winning a championship now with bringing in James Harden would be huge. I think they'd be the favorites in the East. And I think that'd be a hell of a matchup. I think would be Sixers Lakers in the NBA Finals. So you know, I'm all for it, and we'll see what happens. I know that the Nets are also involved too. But listen, if, if Sixers are offering Ben Simmons. There's nothing the Nets can offer him that could top that. I, if I'm, I forget who the GM of the Houston is, uh, but uh, you know, there's nothing the Nets can offer. I, I can't think of any other teams that would offer anything more substantial than uh, uh, a, an All-Star level player like Ben Simmons, an All, you know, All uh, NBA defender. It, it's hard to find people like that, especially when you're when your star is basically telling me get get me out of here. So like his stock or not stock, but you know the leverage is gone. So mm-hmm. I, I think that I do it. It'd be hard to let Ben go, but I think I do it just for the maximized potential of winning a title this year and next year. Yeah, and and you know that's a good point. I think if this deal gets done, and and I think if Harden gets dealt, um, it it's going to be to the Sixers. Obviously, if anyone else comes to the forefront with a cornerstone player. Um, yeah, I can't really think of anyone else that would come to the to the table with a Ben Simmons type player. Um, I know of multiple reports have been um, pointing at Houston will not move James Harden. He has two years left on his contract unless they do receive a cornerstone player. So it's not going to be like an Anthony Davis trade um, that the Lakers made last year, which you know I, I thought was an absolute joke to the league. I mean, they gave up six guys that I believe like two or three of them aren't even on the Pelicans anymore, but. That's besides the point. Basically, my point here is Ben Simmons or a player like Ben Simmons or multiple first-round picks is the only thing that's going to get this trade done and get Harden out of Houston. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of negotiating and a lot of back and forth. So even if this thing does get put in the works and, and if they do say they're close to a deal, I think it's going to take a little more time than everyone anticipates um, to get this done because it's going to be two movements of uh, a direction of each franchise that's taken a huge risk. Um, and, and I think both general managers, at least I would hope so, if it's involving the Sixers, um, thinks long and hard about this, not only for um, the next year or two, but but further out. So uh, I think it's, it's very exciting. Um, but still, with this Sixers team going into this season and, and kind of transitioning into their um, second and, and I believe final preseason game tomorrow against Indiana, I really like the way they looked um, on on Tuesday. Again, I know it's just a preseason game, but um, you know they looked like they were they were playing really well together. It looked like a really high tempo offense, um, you know, rather than than Brett Brown's offense. So it looked a little quicker. Um, I did see a, a report about Ben Simmons saying he really likes his high tempo offense. Um, I know we just 
talked about being in favor of trading him, but um, you know, that's at least good to hear if, if he doesn't get traded. Um, so I'm really excited for this team. I know we only have one preseason game left and, and a little under a week um, until we kick off this NBA regular season against the Wizards. But, um, you know, I'm going to throw this back over to you, Connor. And, and my first question is going to be a two-parter. First one is, you know, of that game Tuesday, who did you really like out of the new additions? And what do you expect from this team going into the final preseason game as well as the first regular season game? Well, the three main free agency additions uh, or veteran additions, Curry, Green, and Dwight Howard, were all, I think, all great. Curry, uh, you know, filling in that J.J. Redick type role, coming off screens, hitting threes and, and long twos was fantastic. I really like where he fits in with his offense as, as is currently constructed right now. Um, and But really – yeah, it, Curry was fantastic, I thought. Green, even though he didn't do a whole lot in the scoring box, he did hit some shots, but he was really good defensively. He was getting a lot of deflection, lots of steals, and, and a huge perimeter defender that is a great addition to any team in the current NBA, how it's constructed. But with the Sixers, it's a huge addition. I love the, uh, how Danny Green plays. And Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard is, um, I think, the perfect big man to spell minutes off Joel Embiid when he's on the bench. He's a, you know, a rebounder, uh, can pick and roll. He, he still looks as athletic as he did, you know, maybe not as much as Orlando, but he still looks just as athletic, athletic as like any type of 25-year-old. So he looks really good, and, and he's I think he's going to fit in well, and he has some veteran cachet with some championship um, prowess coming off the uh, Lakers title last year. I think that he's evolved not only as a player but as a person. So that's a great addition as well. And 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 Shake Milton looked fantastic, I thought. he I think, you know, Doc Rivers has been raving about him in this um, – you know, preseason and training camp, and and you saw why he's he's a, he's a natural born scorer, and and he's in really, I think can fit in that six man role really well going forward. And if that's the production you're gonna get, I know it's just a preseason game; it's hard to scale it as uh, compared to a regular season. But um, he looked really good, and he's a second round pick. You know, picked at the end of the second round, and that's a huge addition to find somebody like that. Uh, so I'll, I'll uh, and I'll throw it to you. Who do you think? Uh, stood out to you um, the most in that preseason game? Yeah, I mean, all those guys that you just mentioned, I, I agree. Um, you know, I think, I think Shake Milton could even be a, could even be a possible six-man-of-the-year candidate um, this year. Uh, I really did like the addition and, and the energy that, um, you know, Danny Green and, and Dwight Howard brought as well in those veteran additions. But, um, you know, I really like the way Tyrese Maxey looked. Um, I know he didn't get a ton of minutes, but, um, you know, the 12 minutes that he was given, he looked pretty good. Four for six from the field, um, eight points, three assists, uh, a rebound. So, again, not really huge numbers and, and a preseason game um, doesn't really magnify um, someone's talent level. But I think the Sixers got a real steal um, in the draft here, and, and I really think this is going to be a key piece to their future. Um, so I really like Maxi. I hope he gets more involved in, in Indiana um, or against Indiana uh, in the final preseason game. And then obviously when the regular season comes, I would love to see him be um, an integral part of, of this offense moving forward. Um, and, and I think he, he's obviously a rookie, um, but I think he can play like a, a guy that's been in the league two, three, four years um, if he gets given the opportunity. So I'm really excited. Um, you know, there's a lot of anticipation behind this Sixers season, um, and, and I can't wait to kick it off with the regular season um, on December the 23rd next week against the Wizards. But now 
Connor, do you have anything else to add here with the Sixers? I wasn't. We'll uh, we'll keep everybody updated. Hopefully, if if there's a uh, you know a trade that happens, I mean, I don't know if it happened today, but in in the next coming days, if James Harden comes to the Sixers, we'll make sure we'll do an instant reaction on our YouTube page. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page, Connor Mark Show. Uh, that's where we keep our instant reaction and news outside of podcasts that we do on form podcasting. So. Yeah, we'll, so we'll keep you guys updated. This is uh, obviously the, the Sixers play tomorrow in another preseason game. We don't know where um, where this really stands as um, as as Ben Simmons and James Harden deal as it's going right now. But we're uh, I'm looking at watching ESPN and and uh, Adrian Wojnarowski is talking about it right now as um, you know this is this is something that uh, you know this is something that could really shake up the NBA and and that makes the Sixers very exciting. So. Um, listen, I've, I've got I have I see both ways on this on trading Ben and or uh, um, on keeping him, but that would just be a huge addition to the Sixers going forward. So, you know, we'll keep ourselves we'll keep both of us uh, updated on it and we'll make sure we keep you guys updated on it going forward. But we'll move into uh, the segments. Mark, hot take of the week. How'd you do last time, and uh, and what do you got this week going forward? Uh, so the record now stands at four and seven. Um, so not great. I'm hurting a little bit. Um, I'm going to pull up here last week's hot take of the week. I believe you just pulled up here real quick. I should add this. So my apologies. I believe I had Vikings over the Bucks. Um, that obviously didn't go well. Uh, thank you, Dan Bailey, for missing three field goals and an extra point. That left 10 points on the board. Um, and <clears throat> the Vikings lost by 12. So uh, not blaming it on the kicker, but kind of am. He made a few kicks, would have been a much closer game, and they would have had a shot. But on to the next week, four and seven. I'm hoping here in the last three weeks of the NFL season, uh, I have the possibility to round out at a 500 record. Uh, just keeping in mind that I haven't taken the team every single week, but I've been trying to. Uh, but this week, I'm going to take the New England Patriots uh, over the Miami Dolphins. The spread coming in this game is three and a half. Um, and the reason I'm going to take the Pats over the Dolphins is because Bill Belichick has proven time and time again that um, he can just beat the heck out of um, – or not beat, beat the heck out of – probably outsmart would be the better word. I'm on rookie quarterback. Last time he faced the rookie quarterback. Uh, it was two weeks ago at home um, – well, at their home, I'm sorry, on the road at the L.A. Chargers, shut out Justin Herbert and the Chargers 45 nothing. Um, so this week they're going to be taking on, obviously, like I said, Miami Dolphins to a tag of Iloa, um, who's proven that he's been a really good quarterback this year, but um, hasn't really been – I don't want to say flashy. I don't want to say has not been flashy, but he, he hasn't been – you know, just off the charts with touchdowns each game. I think he's had two touchdowns the most um, in all of his starts put together. So it's more of a, a simplified offense. I think that this is going to be easy for Belichick to figure out. Um, I feel like the Dolphins at eight and four are kind of on the tail end of the regular season, really looking forward to the postseason. And the Patriots are six and seven. So I think they're going to come in here and play really hard. Um, and get that victory. So uh, Patriots over Dolphins this week. Again, my record's four and seven on hot takes um, of the week. So uh, bad boys cracked there, but hot takes of the week. And uh, now we're going to throw it over to Connor for a little buy or sell action. So Connor, first question for buy or sell. Uh, Buy or sell that the Philadelphia Eagles 
win the NFC East this year? That's a good one. I don't want to get my homer, uh, you know, you know, I'll get my bias in a way. I want to take off my Eagle shades. So I think obviously where they stand right now, it's hard to say that they will because it's going to be hard to go in Arizona and beat Kyle Murray and the Cardinals, uh, especially where this team is injury-wise and talent-wise. So I'm going to say sell on that front. It's just – it's really hard because, I mean, these schedules, are, you know, for the NFC East is not getting easier for any teams as uh, the Giants have a, a really, uh, you know, tough schedule. They play Sunday night. They play the Browns. Then they play the Ravens the following week, and then they wrap up, I believe, against the, the Dallas Cowboys. So that's a tough schedule, and, and, and that no teams are a gimme, especially where, the, uh, where they stand at quarterback. Uh, Dalen Jones is banged up, and right, really, like right now they just have Cole McCoy. I know they did beat him with Seattle, but that's not going to get it done two weeks in a row. Um, and, and really looking at Washington and their remaining score, what I look at, yeah, Washington, what, they play – Seattle this Seattle. week, and then fi- the next week they play – I mean, the Panthers, they were not great, but that's not a gimme. And then they play the Eagles to follow, uh, the final week. Uh, so th- there's a lot of uncertainty where this division is and where each team stands, especially with Washington. I really don't like their offense with Dwayne Haskins, and he's really struggled, and it looks like the Washington front office is really not behind them at all. So it's going to be tough with that uh, offense moving forward. So I'm, but I'm still going to say sell just because I just don't – I just think it's too big of an uphill battle for the Eagles at this stand right now. But listen, if you ask me this question next week and the Eagles beat the Arizona Cardinals, I'm going to buy all the way in. So as of right now, where it stands, I'll say so. All right, Connor. So staying in the NFC East and with the Washington football team, buy or sell that Washington holds Seattle under 21 points on Sunday? That's a good question. Um, I'm going to say. Defense has been playing really well. It was the defense has been playing really well, but Russell Wilson's one of the best quarterbacks in football. They got a great offense, obviously with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett at wide receiver, DJ Moore. Uh, you got Chris Carson in the backfield. So I'm going to say buy or I'm going to say sell that they hold them under 21. I think that they probably get like 24 to 28 points. Uh, but this, this, uh, this offense for Seattle, I think is really good. And, and it's the clue to the Seattle team, which is unlike uh, the Seattle team earlier in the decade when they were built around the Legion of Boom in that defense. So, I think that Russell Wilson is just too good, even though this, even though this front for Washington is really good with Chase Young and, and Sweat and Allen, uh, you know, rushing the passer. It's, it's hard to, you know, combat those guys when they're coming at the quarterback. But uh, I think Russell, I'm going to take my money on Russell Wilson. He's, he's a great player, and, and his offense is, is, is really good. So uh, I'm going to say sell that uh, Washington holds uh, Seattle to under 21 points. All right. So shifting over to the AFC now. Uh, big game tonight, Raiders-Chargers. Uh, the Raiders need a win for sure to keep their playoffs hope alive. Yes. I believe they stand at 21% chance, uh, according to FPI, to make the playoffs. So, holding question here, Connor. Raiders at home, buy or sell that they get the win tonight? Um, I don't know. The Raiders are hard to tell. You just don't know. One weekend they look really good, and the next weekend they're playing Atlanta and, you know, getting crushed. So, I'm going to say buy. Just because I, I think that this, this Chargers team, even though Herbert's had a great year and he's probably setting himself up for rookie of the year, uh, I just think that the Raiders team is a lot better, even though the secondary is still uh, really bad. But I'm going to bank on Derek Carr. They're going to bank on Josh Jacobs and, and Henry Ruggs, who I think – I don't know if he's playing tonight. I thought that he may have been questionable with an injury. but yeah, I believe he's, he's out tonight. I think he got COVID. So, yeah, that, you know, see other wide receivers like Nelson Aguilar and – those guys step up, uh, you know, with him being out. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to say uh, 
buy the Raiders win. Or is it, is it buy? Is it saying, what's the buy or sell again? Buy or sell Raiders win. Yeah, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to say the Raiders win tonight. It's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be a, you know, a, a wide margin. I think it's going to be a pretty close game. All right. And the final golden question of this season, Connor, buy or sell that the Jets go 0-16. All right, well, let me look at the – I think their schedule is pretty tough, too. There's no gimmies either, so – or no really good opportunities for the Jets going forward. But uh, let me just make sure. So, the Jets this week, they play – Play the Rams. They play the Rams. They definitely will not beat the Rams, especially how good that defense is playing uh, going forward. I think they're actually going to be – you know, and that was a good pick by you earlier in the season, but uh, – Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I don't see them beating the Rams uh, this week. Let me try to play that next week, uh, they play the Browns. I do not see them beating the Browns without the way Cleveland's playing with that running game and that defense um, going forward. And then the final week they play New England. So they could have a chance week uh, 17 to maybe beat New England. That offense New England is horrible, and their, and their team obviously has a lot of opt-outs and injuries. So uh, I'm going to I'm gonna buy that they, that they get 0-16. They're just really that bad of a team. They got nothing on offense. Uh, the coaching staff is embarrassing. Uh, with Adam Gase uh, and their defense, it just lacks talent. So there's just, there's just not a lot of things to like with this team. This team's set in stone. It look like they're going to be taking uh, Trevor Lawrence with the uh, first pick in the NFL draft. Uh, and listen, that's, that's a pretty good thing to be as a Jets fan. I know that they stink right now, but that's a pretty nice quarterback to get. And, and it's a pretty good year to stink with uh, that guy coming out because he's a franchise guy. So, you know, I, I, you know, maybe week 17 they could pull up an upset and beat New England in Foxborough. But as of right now, where we stand, I think that they go on 16. So I'm going to buy that they do not win a game this year. All right. So that's going to wrap up this segment of the week. Just to review, I took Pats over the Dolphins, hot take of the week. And Connor sold, sold, bought, and bought. Again, that's going to be selling that the Eagles win the NFC East. Selling that Washington holds Seattle under 21 buying that the Raiders win, and buying that the Jets go 0-16. So, Connor, now shifting over to the college football landscape this week. we got a lot of great games. It's championship weekend, and none other starting off tomorrow night. We have Oregon versus USC. On Saturday, we have um, Ohio State versus Northwestern. That's going to be the Big Ten. The game with um, Iowa State, which I think might be, um, obviously, aside from Clemson, Notre Dame, will be the best game um, just in, in comparison to matchups. Uh, that's going to be the Big 12. We have Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, going up against Coastal Carolina in the always, the always Sun popular, Belt, the Sun Belt. Then we got Clemson versus Notre Dame. That's going to be a heck of a rematch for the ACC championship. And if Clemson ends up winning this game, we'll most likely see Notre Dame play Clemson again in the college football playoff, um, which would just be a, a unreal um, college football year three times in, in one season. We have Alabama against Florida for the SEC. And finally, uh, on 8 o'clock on Saturday night, we have Tulsa going up against Cincinnati for the American Conference. So out of all these games this week, Connor, um, I'll start first and then I'll throw it over to you. Um, my favorite game of this week, aside from Clemson-Notre Dame, which I think if, if we put a poll out, which we will, by the way, make sure to, to look out for that. Um, I'm going to go uh, Oklahoma versus Ohio um, – excuse me, against Iowa State. Um, the reason I really like this matchup is because earlier in the year, Oklahoma obviously really favored 
um, with, with quarterback Spencer Rattler at the helm to come out and, and bring this team, um, this Oklahoma team, return them to the college football playoff. Obviously, that did not go as planned. Um, the Sooners lost their first two games, um, first to Kansas State uh, University, and then the second game was to um, Iowa State and Brock Purdy. Um, so I think this is going to be a really good game. I think Oklahoma is going to get revenge and get revenge big. Um, ever since those first two losses of the year, um, well, actually, I believe they had a game before that, which was, you know, one of the one of the games that they won, like 60 to three or something. But after those two losses, they haven't looked back. They've won every single remaining game. So uh, for me, I think Spencer Rattler and this Ohio or this uh, Oklahoma team is going to come out really hot um, against this also really hot Iowa State team. And it's six versus 10, Iowa State being six and Oklahoma being 10. Um, I'm going to go, obviously, I think it's going to be a shootout. I'm going to go uh, Oklahoma over Iowa State big, um, 50 to 32. So now I'm going to throw it over to you, Connor. Um, and, and what's your favorite game on, on this huge college football um, slate this week? You know, there's a lot of games that, you know, come to mind with me. And, and uh, you know, I, 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 I'm not really interested in the Big Ten. It looks like Ohio State is probably going to beat Northwestern and, and find themselves into uh, – the college football playoff. One that really stands out to me, and it was exciting when we watched originally. Is it's it's Notre Dame Clemson. Uh, these two teams are are uh, you know really good. But the last time that they played, Trevor Lawrence, who's probably the best player in the country, was not playing. So I like to see how that dynamic changed everything for Clemson and Notre Dame, and if this matchup is going to be um, as close as it was the first time. I think that Clemson wins it, and I think they pull out a win. And I think they, I think actually, I'm going to predict that they win by a lot too. I think that I don't know what the cover the current spread is for this game as it as it stands right now. Uh, I'm trying to yeah, find. So real quick, I, I don't want to interrupt. But the spread is ten and a half. I thought that was pretty big for for this type of game. Um, I believe the spread coming into last game, and again, I'm not exactly sure, but I'm pretty sure it's a touchdown, on um, a seven points um, touchdown and a field goal. So I thought this game would be a little bit closer. Um, maybe they're predicting that Lawrence coming back and Clemson losing the first time, it's going to be a really, really big margin. Um, but for me, I would take the, the 10 and a half points all day on Notre Dame. I think it's going to be a little closer than, than what they're predicting. But again, I, I'll throw it back over to you since this is your favorite game of the week. I think they win by a touchdown. I don't know. The 10 and a half, that's a hard one to pick for me. If it was right mm -hmm. around like a six and a half, I'd definitely take Clemson. But um, yep. yeah, that's a tough number. I don't, I don't really know. But yeah, listen, it, I, listen, I doubted Notre Dame the first time, and I was wrong, so maybe I should learn from my lessons and maybe not doubt them again, but this is exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to doubt them again because that's what I do. Because yeah, I'm just saying that listen, there's, there's three programs in this country that are just far and away the best programs and are not close as Alabama, Clemson, and, Notre, and Ohio State, even though Ohio State is – they're not as, great, uh, as good as they usually are. I think this year uh, I think there's a clear separation between Alabama and Clemson. I think that we're going to find another national title game between those two uh, programs. But, yeah, I think that, listen, if Ian Book does it to me again, it's surprising me. Listen, I'm all for it. I like, I like tight games because I, I look at the, all the other games and I'm not that impressed. Uh, you know, I loved watching Coastal Carolina versus BYU. That was one of the most exciting games I think I saw all year. But I'm not super excited with them in uh, Lafayette, uh, the Raging Cajuns. But, you know, Iowa State, Oklahoma. Raging Cajuns. Raging Cajuns, baby. <laughs> But uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma and Iowa State's a pretty interesting game. Uh, you know, that'd be a fun watch, but uh, I'm not super into it. Um, 
but really um, I'm looking at this Alabama Florida game and this game could have been so much more exciting if that Florida D back didn't, you know, hurl somebody shoot 50 yards downfield and, and lost to LSU. I think that would have been a pretty exciting game, even though I still would have picked Bama anyway, because I think there's far and away right now the best team in the SEC. Uh, but it's just, uh, yeah, as of right now, I think I just look at Notre Dame and, and, uh, and Clemson and, and those two teams are may meet again in the college football playoff for another third game, which would be exciting. Let's see if this, if this second one's exciting, I think, I mean, the college football playoff guys got to think like, do we do it again? Do we give a third, you know, a third game, you know, to, uh, Notre Dame Clemson? I think that would get a lot of ratings. So, uh, I, I think that I'm going to go Clemson. I, I'm really – I'm nervous about the 10-and-a-half, so maybe I'll pick Notre Dame to cover. Um, but I, I think that Trevor Lawrence coming back is going to be too much to handle for the fight in Irish. So, I'm going to go Clemson. I'm going to go Ohio State. They win the Big Ten title. Um, I'm going to go Oklahoma to beat Iowa, uh, Iowa State. I think that Oklahoma just got all sluggish this year, and they had a young quarterback who had to adjust, especially in this, in this type of uh, COVID year. It's hard for probably a lot of underclassmen coming into those programs. I'm going to go Alabama. I don't know what the spread is for that game, but I'll probably take the over. I just think Alabama right now is so dominant. 17 and a half. What is it? 17 and a half. I'd probably still take Bama. But <laughs> 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 they're playing right now. But, uh, yeah, and, and you know, Penn State's going to be playing. You know, no one should really care about that anyway, but they're playing uh, right. Illinois, but I'll still tune in anyway. And uh, USC, Oregon. I mean, that'd be, that's an exciting game. The thing is, we just don't know what Pac-12 is this year. There's not enough games, and – there's so much uncertainty with that with the conference as of right now, but it's an exciting game. I'll tune into that game too, and uh, yeah, and 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 the college football playoffs should be excited this year. I'm really excited about the the four teams, which is looking like it's going to be uh, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and um, Ohio State. Now, the before we do wrap up here, Connor, obviously yeah. a very very uh, interesting scenario would be brought to the table and into the college football uh, playoff committee if Notre Dame was to be Clemson uh, this week, and, and I do just want to get your take on this, where do you see this seeding ending up? And where, who do you see? I mean, obviously, if Clemson loses here, that they're booted out of the college football playoffs as there's multiple teams behind them with one loss. Um, most notably, Texas A&M, them running down the list. I believe you have Cincinnati. Then you have an undefeated Pac-12 USC team pending if they win this week against Oregon. They're 5-0. and They've only played five games, so they get left out a little. Um, and then you have Coastal Carolina from the Sun Belt. So, obviously, the teams on the lower echelon aren't going to get considered just due to strength of schedule. But do you see Texas A&M or do you see Cincinnati um, or even possibly USC sneaking into that fourth position um, or any other team if Clemson does lose here? Yeah, I think uh, – I don't know. What's Texas A&M record again? They're seven and one, and their one loss came against Bama. It was a, it was a big loss in uh, Tuscaloosa. Yeah, so the only way that Texas A&M, and that's the only team I think out of the other four I just mentioned that could find a way into the playoff. The only way they can get in, I think, is Clemson loses to Notre Dame, just because I just don't. Clemson don't have any good wins, and and was the, their best one would be what North Carolina probably, and they'd be I'm Miami. So, yeah. I'm not. Bull, I'm bullish on Miami. Uh, so that's the only way is they're, they're going to be rooting for, uh, for Notre Dame to upset Clemson again. And, um, I don't think it's going to happen. But hypothetically speaking, let's say it does, uh, let's say Clemson loses. It'll probably be Bama one, Notre Dame two, Ohio state three, A&M four. But if Clemson wins, like we're expecting it to happen, 
it will probably be um, Alabama one, Clemson two, Notre Dame three, then Ohio State four, which that's probably mm-hmm. what most likely was going to happen. Um, get a, a rematch, obviously Clemson Notre Dame, but it, it's going to have to be the best performance of Trevor Lawrence's uh, of college career, and and it's uh, not an easy task for what I'm saying, but maybe Vegas disagrees a little bit with their number they're giving out, but uh, a yeah. happy number. It's a big number. And, and, For a 2-3 you know, matchup? I'm confident on – I'm really confident on Clemson. I don't think I'm that confident, but I'm confident with Clemson. So – I think they win. Yeah, I definitely think they get a win. I think some of the some of the mistakes that were made um, were just inexperienced. Uh, you know, Clemson's quarterback, TJ Ukulele, I think is his last name, probably completely um, butchering that, but – um, you know, I think Lawrence is going to take advantage of, of some of the heavy blitzes um, and find some holes and obviously find some of these streaky receivers deep downfield. Yeah, no, I agree. And, uh, you know, it's going to be exciting game, exciting championship weekend. And uh, obviously I know a lot of bowl games got canceled this year, but hopefully they keep a majority of them. And, uh, you know, obviously the college football playoff will be exciting as well. And, and the teams are going to be playing it within it. But um, before we go, one more thing we touch on. We'll keep this short. But we've had Jordan Hole on the podcast before. He's a great guest, great guy, and it's really in-depth with what the Flyers uh, are doing currently. But he, he put out a story, put out a report that the Flyers are still in on uh, Patrick Lane, and, and they've had talks, and they're interested, and they want him. So I know that we were talking about the James Harden deal, the Sixers, but Patrick Lane, uh, you know, a big scorer, sniper in the NHL, would be a huge addition to the Flyers roster that's already really good. Um, so – Mark, what is your reaction to that report? And uh, what, what would you think about Lonnie coming to the Flyers? And what would you be willing to give up to acquire a talent like him? Well, it, you know, some, I mean, obviously that report by Jordan Hall brings these talks more back, um, you know, to life and, and, you know, increases the excitement. I mean, I'd be ecstatic. Um, obviously, the main factor being what we give up for him. But I'd be ecstatic if we go out and get a, a, a playmaker, a goal scorer, a physical body, a defender. I mean, so many words to describe this guy that that he could really make a huge impact to this team. And and the reason that I do say that as well um, is because some of the reports I've also read is that Winnipeg really wants to find a destination for Line. Um, and and obviously in the sports world, as the more you make it known that you want to get rid of somebody, um, the less leverage you have. And you know, I know at, at first, I'm pretty sure the talks were circulating around uh, a Travis Sanheim or a Philip Myers and a first round pick. Um, and, and obviously, maybe some more assets, um, some prospects and stuff like that. But as these talks have died down a little bit and, and times went on, I think that the, the or the, excuse me, the Flyers could find a way to bring Line A here and find a way not to give up um, a key key part and cornerstone such as a Philip Myers or a Travis Sanheim or even a really good prospect that could turn into a, a good player for this Flyers team um, down the road so you know the, the sh- long story short here I would love the Flyers to make this move I believe that they can um, without giving up a, a big piece to this team currently um, and, and I would love to see them make it happen um, I know the season's expected to start around mid-January. I know there's not a, um exact word on it, but definitely would like to see this get done before the season, get him in, in the locker room and get acclimated with this. Um, from last year, looks like a really tight-knit group and, and looks like they have a lot to prove coming into this year. Yeah, there's a lot. And really, I know that the Flyers fans are clamoring for a sniper 
over the past couple of years, they really haven't had a true goal scorer. And we saw that throughout the playoffs, um, you know, a lot of guys who didn't show up up in the puck in the net, they really could use a guy like Patrick Line and his skill set going forward. But I don't know what they'll be willing to trade. I know that Phil Myers obviously signed to its extension is a huge addition to that back end. And Travis Sanheim is a huge addition um, or a huge uh, piece on that defensive core. So I don't know what, uh, you know, Winnipeg's asking in return. Uh, but I'm definitely interested. I'm all ears for uh, bringing in a guy like Patrick Laine. I think that'd be uh, when the crowds are back at Wells Fargo Center. It'd be really exciting uh, to see where this Flyers team stands, and the, and the fans would be very excited to see a player like him on the ice who at any any point in the offensive zone could put the puck in the net. So I'm all for it. I'm I'm all for trying to make a move for him. I don't know what is on the table. I know Sandheim's name was thrown down uh, thrown around the most uh, when trades were talked about right around the NHL draft. But I'm a, I'm for it. I like I like Line as a player, and I think he fit in really well with the city. So we'll see what happens. I'm sure that as the season approaches, more closer to uh, you know given dates by Gary Bettman and, and the NHL front offices and stuff like that, uh, we'll have more of an idea where this this stuff stands. But uh, I'm all for it. But uh, you know, before we go, anything you want to say? Anything you want to touch on? Nah, I just uh, I'm excited for this college football weekend. Obviously, Bird's playing this weekend, and and hoping to get back in that playoff race. Um, and and uh, stay tuned. Instant reactions always coming on the YouTube page. Definitely, you know, subscribe. We appreciate all the support. Connor, Mark, show uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, and thanks for tuning in. And, and uh, you know, excited to hopefully react to another Eagles win. Yeah, man, go Birds. We'll see you guys next week.